Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We need to be patient with love. If you're dating someone and you think on date three, he's not, he, she, they is not the one. Give it date five or six. Give it a year. Know what's annoying about each other. Know what you didn't discover because you quit at date three. Know that when you say, oh, he's not my soulmate or she's not my soulmate, what is that? What does that mean? That that, that person is supposed to fill you up in your deepest place? Because guess what? No one can do that for you. No one can do that for you. You got to do that for yourself. Hello and welcome to the Not Perfect Podcast, a show that explores the mind, soul, science and health as we speak with world leading experts each week. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and happiness researcher. Life is not straightforward, so join me as we navigate being human together and become what I like to call flexible thinkers. I believe that curiosity and education is the route for more happiness, love, connectedness, and the doorway to unlocking your unlimited potential. I hope you join me on the journey. Cannot wait to discuss one of my favorite topics, love. But most importantly, how to make love last. And my wonderful, incredible guest is the best selling author, Iris Krasno. She has written the likes of Surrendering to Marriage, Surrendering to Motherhood, The Secret Lives of Wives, Camp Girls, Sex After, Surrendering to Yourself, and even more than that. It is a true honor to have such a global expert on the subject of relationships, love, and personal development join us today to share her advice and reflections from studying the art of love for so long. Iris has appeared on Oprah, The Today Show, Good Morning America, and All Things Considered. Iris has been married for 34 years, and throughout her books, she shares her own journey with marriage, along with interviewing thousands of others to reveal the truth that few are that honest about. What is a favorite quote you tend to often and why? I'm going to offer you two. Um, And one is, if not now, when? I think people have these to-do lists that never get done. And so you gaze into the future and you don't um, maximize the moment. And so I just think, if not now, when? If you're having trouble with a person, deal with it in this moment, because this moment is all we have. And and it it, it creates an urgency uh, to life, which we all should have because of the times we live in and because of the reality we live in. Anything can happen to any of us at any time. And the other is probably not what most people would expect and some would maybe think is negative, but it's really helped me through a long life. And that is lower your expectations. In terms of relationships, lower your expectations is some of the best advice anyone ever gave me because expecting perfection in a marriage, in your life, in a friendship is a ticket to disappointment. And in marriage, it's a ticket to divorce. So when you expect a perfect marriage, like the honeymoon is over, 
pretty quickly. <laughs> and then there's a mortgage. Maybe there's a kid. Uh, there might be an in-law that you can't stand. You know, lower your expectations and then you won't be disappointed. What's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently and why? So the life lesson I've been reminded of recently, and I say this with optimism and not a woe is me, is I turned 67 this year and I have realized fully that I've lived more of life than that left to live unless I live till 130. And I I don't think I want to do that. And so again, the life lesson to me, I'm going to zoom back to if not now, when, you know, I don't have a bucket list. I have a daily list and it's Mm -hmm. short. Um, And the life lesson is uh, first things first, second things never. And so if you have this one thing that you need to do in that day, the next thing you have to do immediately moves up. And so I'm just doing everything in terms of making sure my relationships with my children strengthen. It's hard with adult children. I live with somebody for 34 years. Uh, I make sure that uh, we pay attention to each other and that we don't get um, lazy, uh, that we remember to kiss hello and goodbye and to value each other. And most of all, and this isn't selfish, it's self-care. Uh, make sure I walk every day or turning for me, it's turning on Aretha Franklin and dancing like an idiot, just something where you're jubilant. I really love that. And how do you understand the concept of soul? I just wrote a piece about the power of walking every day. And I walk every day, whether it rains, and sometimes I just walk up and down my driveway. And I wrote a line that said, I know this exercise is good for my body. But what I really love is what it does for my soul. Mm -hmm. And so soul is an indescribable force within, um, which is probably our most important, not only battery pack, but it's our most important connection with ourself, with our spirituality, and with everything. People leave, jobs end, loved ones die. And so in the end, in, in the beginning and in the end, All you really have is your your connection with yourself and, you know, and somebody who is connected to their spirituality or their soul is virtually indestructible. There's a sadness, I guess, to what you said, but also a joyousness and this idea that things pass, things end, and yet our connection is a thing that prevails. For you, at what point has the connection to your soul been tested and how have you moved through those times and reconnected to that force within. So my favorite person on earth was my father and he died when I was 31 and that was young. And that was when so much of his wisdom came back to me about the importance of independence and the importance of self-worth and the importance of, of just passion, you know, having a passion. And so I was really tested about feeling so sad and and just grieving deeply, but knowing I still had myself and my soul. So that was really my first adult uh, realization of the importance of being alone and not feeling lonely. I've been tested numerous times with the birth of four children uh, and trying to navigate motherhood in a way that can go in four different directions or five different directions, you know, you have clashes every day. You know, how do you suck it up 
and say you're sorry, even if you're not sorry one bit, which I do all the time. You know, it's just easy to just say, oh, I'm so sorry. Even if you're not sorry and it's not your fault to just let go. So that's when I'm tested is not to let egoism get in the way of moving forward in a relationship or in your work Mm. or just in your life. Choosing connection over ego can be a challenging, challenging thing. Do you feel you've got better at it? Or have you always been someone that has been willing to choose connection over being right? I think I've always known who I am. And I knew from an early on, I felt valued. You know, I, I was born to parents who valued our opinions and valued our achievements maybe too much, you know, um, my mother uh, lost everyone in the Holocaust. And so she was very overprotective and overly loving. And so, you know, that the good part about that is you just felt so loved. Mm. And the other part of that is you felt um, sometimes smothered. And so uh, you had to really uh, be strong in your own uh, identity. But I think we're tested every day. Every day you want to be right. Mm. There's real power in being right. Mm. So I've let go as much as I can and try to just say, I hear you. And you know, that's a cliche. Oh, I hear you, but, but really listen and say, I understand why you feel that way. Uh, And, and maybe we can't talk about it. Like Mm -hmm. I don't need one ounce more of stress in my life in a very stressful global world. Absolutely. And I love that commitment to yourself. I don't need any more stress. And so I can be gentle in walking away from things that I know are going to raise those stress levels. I think that's really lovely. You use the word surrendering a lot. Why do you keep returning to that word? What is it about that word that you felt so compelled to name your books with? So I had one child at 35, one at 37, and twins at 39. And the twins were born on November 8th, and we were invited to a holiday party in Washington, D.C. on December 10th, and nothing fit me. And I said, you know what? I'm not putting on any makeup, and I'm just putting, I'm going to wear what I can't, what fits, you know, like a tent, and put on a smile, a little bit of lipstick. My mother always said, if you put on a little lipstick, (laughs) no matter what, you're going to feel okay. So, and we went to this party, and this friend of mine looked at me and she said, well, how are you? You know, and I said, you know, I've just surrendered to motherhood. And that was my first book was called Surrendering to Motherhood. And to me, even in, in a spiritual way, surrender does not mean defeat. It means victory. It means that you're yielding to the higher power of something other than your selfish desires. And in the beauty and gorgeousness of surrender, comes this ability to sort of let go and let life rule you instead of you trying to rule life. Yeah. You write in your book, Surrendering to Marriage, going through hell is the reality of long-term relationships. To expect sustained happiness in marriage is a naive dream. And this really made me giggle because this idea of like a long-term relationship is like going through hell. I fully can understand why you wrote that. And yet, when I look around to other books, it's the opposite. It's like, you know, you suddenly, for me anyway, just think that what am I doing wrong? Like, how do I not have this Disney relationship? So why was it important for you to share a different depiction of love from what we were, what we've been used to perhaps? 
I just say the reality of long-term love is a roller coaster because the reality is that stuff comes up every day that you, and you know, one of the things that I, I really found out in all my research on marriage and relationships and in my own life is no one knows what's going on in someone else's house or bedroom except the two people in it. We've all had, let's say we have dinner with another couple and they're the couple who sit with their legs twined and they're eating a Caesar salad and they pick out a anchovy and they dangle it into each other's mouths and they say, Oh honey. And you know, you want to puke, you know, Oh honey. It's, and, and they're the ones. And I know this because I interview these people who don't sleep together, throw things at each other and maybe filed for divorce. So there's this facade that we put on for the world. But the real the real time is we all struggle with money. We all struggle with each other. We all have annoying habits. And we all need connection. And I would say that having a sustained connection, Poppy, and having a history holder has made life more gorgeous, more stable, more certain. The, the great side of working through all that hell, as I so succinctly put it, is there is flickers of heaven mm-hmm. on the other side of hell if you keep forging onward. And so to me, um, that feeling of being able to just move through things and that raw, raw honesty. So if something is bothering me in our relationship, you know, I just say it. And he says, oh, do you have to always put things out there And I said, you know, if we put it out there, it's out there and we can move through it. We can address it. We can thrash over it because Mm. if people are honest and they're not dangling anchovies in each other's mouths, we should just say, look, it's been really difficult when people say, how have you done it? Well, you know, I I can't tell you that marriage isn't difficult, Mm. but the heaven part is overrides the hell. What qualities then do you think are maybe most undervalued or underappreciated in relationships and ones that we overly celebrate and they're not actually that important? You know, when I look at what are the things that that can sustain a long romantic slash friend slash family relationship, I, I think of a few things. And one is the lower your expectations where, you know, when we get married or partnered, we're all at our thinnest. We're, we all are wearing the most gorgeous dress ever. And then you go on the honeymoon and, and it's like, oh my God, this is so great. And then the honeymoon is over quickly and you're living with someone day to day. And so when we go from fantasy to reality, that's when the tough need to get tougher. And that's when we really have to make sure that we still inject love and romantic into mortgage, laundry, (laughs) diapers, teenage angst with kids, you know, all that stuff that comes up. I think you have to keep it sexy a little bit, you know, not even a little bit, a little or a lot that you have to remember what brought you to that place of love and, and sexuality in the first place. So the lifespan of that can't eat, can't sleep, shoot for the moon love is is less than two years. And then you move from ha huh, into attachment, you know, and the attachment stage is when, 
you know, you, you, you're wearing your Sears underwear instead of your um, Victoria's Secret. And I don't know if you have Sears there, but you know, the, the underwear that come to the waist instead of the thongs. Um, and the great part about it is it's okay. I always tell young people and I teach college, they go, well, you know what, what do I really want to look for? And I say, you want to look for predictability. Mm. You know, the sexiest quality you could ever have in a friend, a family member, a lover who eventually becomes a permanent partner is someone you can count on. You know, Mm. it's not like thick hair and a great mustache. It's that I can count on you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You obviously have interviewed thousands of women about their marriages and what qualities do you find correlated to a successful and loving marriage like what have they prioritized in their search process for their partner so i'm going to give you eight very short points and it's just like there's eight things that that i think work uh where have worked and i think number one and this would be again counterintuitive it's okay to have secrets and, and secrets are different than a lie and it's not like oh i'm sleeping with five other people it's okay not to be totally revelatory about all your thoughts and mm-hmm. all your um you know relationships it's important to have a lot of relationships in your life and this goes to the next one and you don't get it all in one place so knowing mm-hmm. that you don't want to cut off other arteries of life that fulfill you and make you feel full and loving and loved and alive. Uh, I know I've talked to a lot of women who left spouses and men because that the partner said, Oh, you can't, why aren't you with me more? Um, I think it's very important to stay connected to your childhood passions. Like I still work at my summer camp for four to five to six weeks a summer and, and separation for us is if you have trust, you don't have to be together around mm. the clock. I think it's very important to hang out with wild girlfriends, to have a, if you're a woman, you need two or three or four women friends who are outrageous, wild, fun, adventurous, who make you laugh, who are empathetic. Look, I have four sons, one husband. When I'm with my girlfriends, which I am once a week, it's like you can breathe. You just go, ah. Oh. And I would also say, you know, be grateful. Remember to thank people in your life. You know, we go through our lives and we're so busy and we have this appointment and this and the doctor and a run and the girlfriend. And we forget to just say, thank you for making dinner. Last night I was at an appointment. I came home and Chuck had made dinner. Uh, I usually do. And I just said, wow, thank you. 
And I say the one of the most important ones is to remember to talk and remember to touch. True intimacy takes talking, touching, trusting, and most important, time. We need to be patient with love. Mm. If you're dating someone and you think on date three, he's not, he, she, they is not the one, give it date five or six. Give it mm. a year. Know what's annoying about each other. Know what you didn't discover because you quit at date three. Know that when you say, oh, he's not my soulmate or she's not my soulmate. What is that? What does that mean? That, that that person is supposed to fill you up in your deepest place? Because guess what? No one can do that for you. No one can do that for you. You got to do that for yourself. So once you know that you're not, you're not a donut with a hole in the middle, and you're, you're a whole person, that's when you're really ready for imperfect love. Love is highly imperfect. The subhead of my book, Surrendering to Marriage, is husbands, wives, and other imperfections. That's why you and I get along so long, because I don't believe in perfect. Mm. Uh, and, and happiness is fleeting. You know, I believe in fulfillment, uh, in, in feeling whole, you know, what, what contributes to us feeling whole? And it's all this stuff. Resurrecting childhood passions, meaning, Poppy, when you're, you know, wherever you are at age 45, let's say in 15 years, if you're partnered, maybe you have a kid or two, the way that you'll feel the, you'll feel the most whole is if you stay connected to the fact that you're still doing a hobby you did at 20. You know, I talk to women who are 60 who still, who went back to school to finish the PhD or finished a novel they gave up because they got married and had kids and they had a household. Uh, so connecting to childhood, what, what made you feel whole and happy when you were 12 or 15? Um, you don't have to let go of all that. That's the tapestry of your life. So interesting. How important do you think it is to share interests with your partner? For example, you are hypersocial. Do you think that a partner also needs to be someone who enjoys socializing? Or do you actually think people will with totally different interests that can still be successful? So people often ask me, where are you the happiest? And I say in my kitchen. Mm. So when I think of the spot in the kitchen, you know, I'm usually having a, a, well, I'm always, I have a martini a night, you know, at five o'clock and, you know, I'm just sitting there and, and something is cooking for dinner and Chuck will come in almost like a clock at five, go upstairs, watch the news. And, and it's not a fabulous, extraordinary scene. It's just a small, comfortable safe haven mm. of normality. And, and, and so I answer that by saying, we have very few things in common, in, but we have four children in common. We always say what we have in common is we both hate green peppers. We're both Democrats. And number three is we're always on time. So <laughs> what you want to have in common is that you're attracted to each other, that you're forgiving of each other's annoying habits, and we all have them, and that you see a future together, that you want the central things. And listen, if we all got a divorce because we were unhappy, nobody would stay married. There's pockets of unhappiness in every day if everybody's honest. And the people who say, oh, it's just been a luxurious, beautiful, uh, non-stressful you know, 30 years, well, they're not telling you the truth because life is stressful. 
And you want a partner who can you can lean on. You know, I, I trust Chuck. I mean, I travel everywhere and I know where he is. He's watching hockey. <laughs> That's so funny. So in um, The Secret Lives of Wives, you write, the fantasy is that I could leave and be happier. The truth is I could leave and still be unhappy by the character of Alice. What do you think the greatest misconceptions of divorce and breakups are? Okay, so two things. One is for The Secret Lives of Wives, I made sure that I spoke to people who had been married 20 years and longer. And many people told me that they got separated or divorced because they were, quote, bored. Oh, it was so, it was boring. And I, again, come back to this notion that's not selfish, but just self-connected is that if you're bored, you're boring to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so if you're bored in a marriage before you leave your marriage, why don't you look in the mirror and say, what can I do to make my own self and life and days that I have something to get up for? And it might be to take a class. It might be to do something as simple as to end up walking with a girlfriend and, and going to a coffee shop afterward. But don't blame other people for your unhappiness. The other thing, let's talk about affairs for a minute. So I did talk to a number of people who were challenged in their long-term relationships because a partner had an affair. So three things could happen after the affair is discovered, which it usually is. Number one, the person who has been straying says, look, I'm madly in love with this other person. I'm leaving the marriage. Number two is the woman, the woman, I'm going to say woman, because it's the, let's say this is from Secret Lives of Wives, the book, the woman says, I said to you, screw you, I will never trust you again. And I'm leaving. Number three, in, in my many, many interviews over a 40 year career writing about relationships is usually what happens. The relationship can become better if the person who strayed, if they really look at what happened, you know, mm. if it's a solid couple, an affair does not have to break up a marriage. You may not forget, but you can forgive in a way uh, that it becomes better. I'm thinking of this judge I interviewed in Arizona, a very high-powered woman. Her husband was a high-powered lawyer, and he started having an affair. And he had a come-to-Jesus moment and said, I love you to his wife and my two children and I don't want to break up this marriage, what can I do? And she sent him to this month long, I call it the unsex camp, because you you look at why you have to have sex with a lot of different people. And he came back and, you know, she said she's been treated so well, and that she has the upper hand in a way, you mm-hmm. know, that, that she is revered now, and not that we need that reverence and uh, adulation, but the marriage got better. And in a long marriage, like I look at Chuck and, you know, again, it ain't perfect. I've had crushes. I still have crushes. You know, I have a lot of travel on my agenda. You know, I like being alone. Um, but he knows it all. He knew my mother. He, I met him when my father was alive. And there's nothing in life like being with someone who holds your history. I call them my history holders. I still have a brother and a sister. I don't have my parents. And I just saw them recently and and they're my history holders. No one's ever going to know me like them. That is such a lovely way to describe them. And also old friends, like history holders. Like, oh gosh, that's so heartwarming. Um, I'd love to go back to a point you touched upon this idea of, oh, that person has the upper hand or that person has the upper hand. 
how do you feel this notion of control plays out? Is it an illusion? Do you think that actually it's quite unhealthy for this kind of like fight for control? Is control needed? Like, what are your thoughts on control in relationships? So it's it's such a, an important, good question and one that I struggle with. And I think it's because, you know, I married somebody again, who knows that I could, that I can take charge of things in a leadership position and running a household. And he's fine with that. He, he doesn't want to be the person that always calls the plumber. I think people who get divorced because someone's too controlling. I have a very good girlfriend right now who has been married literally to someone who I would call oppressive. You know, she lives in California and and it's someone who doesn't want her her to run and she runs on the beach for hours. He doesn't want her to run without him. And if you're not home at six, what am I going to do for dinner? Because I need steak every night and it's too much. And you know what? She's 60 years old. She could live another 40 years. She And that's another thing, trend is the gray divorce, which is 60 ain't 60 anymore. So yeah. somebody deciding to leave a marriage at 55 or 60 could have 30 more years of a great relationship. You don't have to put up with something that's oppressive or too controlling. I think in the end, people want to love and they want to be loved. They want to feel worthy and they want love to last. So my last question is around a conversation that I'm hearing more and more at the kind of like late 20s, early 30s, at this age, suddenly you become very aware of your biological clock. And it's the first time I've really noticed how different it is between the genders. As much as we kind of want to live in a genderless world, my male counterparts do not have to think about their biological clock like I do. What are your thoughts on that through your experience and obviously, you know, having your own children and interviewing so many people? So um, it sounds like you want children at some point. Absolutely. But there is an anxiety with it. What are your thoughts on this? If you want children, you want to be with somebody who doesn't, who says right out the gate, I want children, not I'm ambiguous about it, because you're not going to change that fundamental thing. And if Mm. you do, and also your girlfriend's poppy who already have babies, and you know, they bring the baby to the lunch dates, or they can only come to dinner at four, and they have to leave at 730. You're going to right now, if that makes you feel pressure to stress, hang out with your girlfriend's or couples who still are in that uh, it's midnight, let's go out for a coffee, you know? So, so you want to be with like-minded people who empower you and don't make you feel like, Oh, my clock. If this is a priority, I'm not even going to talk about how am I going to balance work and family? I can tell you no matter how much you try to balance work and family, family's going to come first and as it should be. But I wrote seven books being a mom, you know, and I wrote my first book when the kids were ages four and under at home during naps. And so I always tell moms, and you have a big career, keep your hand in the artery of your old career because, you know, time Mm. goes like this. So don't just say, oh, I'm a lawyer, I'm going to give it up. Those are the women I interview who are 50 and say, oh, I used to be, I used to be, I used to be, and then I Mm. raised my kids and now I have nothing. So If you want kids and you're sure of that, you're going to be attracted to people who also, you know, you're going to notice little things. How do they treat a waiter? There's a stroller in the park and and they get gooey. And so anyone Poppy's age out there who's wrestling with this question, which is at 
the forefront of everyone. I have a lot of students, um, ex-students who are in their 30s who froze their eggs, you know, so that they know um, or who have waited to 39 to have their. My sister had a child at 44. But it's nice to have, it's it's nice to be kind of a youngish mom. I had the twins at 39. So at 67, I'm not like the youngish mom on the block with their friends' moms. Um, but, you know, having children is um, a huge choice. You better make sure you want them. And you better for sure make sure that the person with whom you're going to live for a long time is on the same page. It's much bigger than not liking green peppers. Iris, thank you so much for this wonderful interview, which I I fear I've turned to a slight therapy session for myself. It's been so wonderful to hear your advice and just a reflection on some of your incredible works. I'll put a link to every single book that we touched upon in the show notes, but thank you so much for this insightful, brilliant, and very wise interview. Well, I loved every minute of it. Thank you for listening. It would be a huge support if you wouldn't mind rating, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. I also would love to hear from you. So please find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram, DM me, and I would love to hear your thoughts on any of the topics that we discuss. Download Happy Not Perfect, my app that's designed to boost your mood and help you sleep and give you mindfulness in less than five minutes. It's packed full of science-backed tools and rituals to give your mind the care it needs. Sending lots of love and energy. See you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.